I chose to do this music review because I wanted to show how far the hip-hop culture has come since its inception. I can still hear my mom saying, Boy, I'll be glad when you grow out of that rap mess. Now turn that down. It's nearly four decades later. Her son and hip-hop are still breathing. This is Refusing to Die by Leroy Mann. Yo, turn off the radio. It was 1990 when Ice Cube expressed his distaste for radio-friendly rap music. Turn off the radio became a mantra for me and my immediate hip-hop circle. Our appetites for conscious lyrics were fed through the miniature reels of a cassette tape or the micro-grooves of a compact disc. Set it off in the north. Punks jump up to get beat down. How about some hardcore? Fake MCs and flavor for the non-believes was my daily dosage of music in the 90s. Every breath fueled by the underground heartbeat that lets a hip-hop head know he's still alive. Twenty years and some change later, I find myself stranded on North Carolina's death row. In this modern era of digital downloads, my hip-hop pulse is sentenced to the transmissions of a Sony AM-FM radio. Adjusting the dial is like seeking freedom with diligence, only to find out that you've been running within the parameters of the plantation the whole time. The sound and scenery rarely changes, but neither does my hope for freedom. It was 1992 when the main source classic Faking the Funk addressed the detour into rap popularity by saying, you can't come back to the streets with the look I sold out award. The recognition of a true MC was being left in the dust by the illusion of commercial acceptance. In my opinion, a rapper may possess the skills to rap about anything, anytime, anywhere, but it is the MC who speaks to the listener with a degree of principle that moves the crowd without the slightest hint of a baseline or snare drum. No such thing as a life that's better than yours. No such thing as a life that's better than yours. No such thing as a life that's better than yours. No such thing, no such thing. It is the difference between rap star and hip-hop legend. Most recently, I attained refuge through the nostalgic sounds of K.O.D., the latest production by Fayetteville, North Carolina's native son, J. Cole. It is a work of art that is way before its time and possesses a heartbeat of timeless messages. J. Cole's throwback flow could have easily held its own in the 92 era of Gangstar's daily operation. Dr. Dre's The Chronic and the showbiz and aging classic Runaway Slave all exude the beauty within the struggle and the ugliness and success. The genius of KOD begins with the revelation of the acronym itself. One aspect that Cole doesn't shy away from is kids on drugs, crack babies, voluntary usage, or the insistent presence of a doctor's prescription. A medicated child will be mentally shackled and struggle with liberating their minds when it is so much easier to be content as a follower. The 80s crack epidemic was chemical warfare. Today, the government uses cell phones and Internet addictions that are just as detrimental. This is why King Overdose is an applicable interpretation of KOD. The title track, Chance, this is what you call a flip. Tinkies from a quarter brick. 
Bentley from his mama with KOD, he hard as shit, to speak as well as understand this lingo of controlled substance is an obvious example of our addiction to success from a mentally shackled perspective. This is a form of lyricism that holds up a two-way mirror, as if speaking in first and second person simultaneously. J. Cole masters this art form. Kill Our Demons seems to be the KOD project's ultimate goal. From Cole's ongoing honesty about his mother's addiction on the once-anatic interlude to his personal laments about achieving a specific tax bracket, the song Brackets begins with a vintage Richard Pryor testimony about what it means to be a rich black man. As this particular track progresses, J. Cole unveils a math equation that proves his tax dollars go to corporations that manufacture handguns and assault rifles, which eventually find their way into poor black communities. This is the conscientious mind liberating itself from the mental shackles of societal riches. Obviously, my research of KOD was not exclusive to listening to a Sony AM-FM radio the assistance of the Lifeline's audio system made it possible for me to absorb this project through a series of 15-minute phone calls. Initially, I assumed the aquatic voices throughout the interludes was a phone malfunction. But even without the clarity of some words, I could still feel righteousness within the delivery. The signature automated voice used on a Tribe Called Quest classics, the low-end theory, and Midnight Marauders had a similar effect on me. Other tracks on Cole's album like ATM and Friends are certified bangers and nothing short of lyrical brilliance. But it is the track 1985 that is the MC's battle cry. After listening to this masterpiece, I shared my enthusiasm with my comrade and former Fayetteville resident, Eddie Taylor. He refers to Fayetteville as the 2-6, a prison identity number for prisoners from that particular region. The topic of friends came up. War, it was hell growing up in the 2-6, you heard? I didn't have a lot of friends because friends would get you in trouble in the 2-6. But there is a lot of diversity. This is why Cole is wiser than his years. You know that song, the neighbors think I'm selling dope. Believe me. Is real talk. Many decades have passed since hip-hop was believed to be no more than a fad. I can personally attest to it as a state of being that chose me to witness its evolution from the exclusivity of house parties and into the mainstream studios of NBA Countdown. Count it up, count it up, count it up, count it. Can't take it when you die, but you can't live without it. Hip-hop refuses to die. I am hip-hop, and so do I. It's a cold world.